You take an ancient dinosaur god and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes, and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Podzilla, King of the Casters. I'm your host, MB Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper has been a very naughty boy. He pooped off on a bike trail. <laughs> and he just, he didn't like poop all in one place. He scattered it around. <laughs> and because Brandon's got a broken leg, I was the only witness to it. And like I tried to pick it up with the poop bag, but it wouldn't open. So instead I had to kind of like pretend it was like a newspaper and wrap it up from the bottom and hold it like that and then throw it away five, ten minutes later when I could get to a dumpster. So anyways, we were talking about a tree again. Also, we didn't mention that, that we didn't mention he's a dog. If you're new, he's a dog. I wanted to skip it again. <laughs> so, folks, um, yeah, today we're talking about the 1963. You said it's a another issue of Honda. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a kaiju film. It, yeah, there's a kaiju in it. It's not a kaiju film, but here's our rule: <laughs> Ishihara Honda pretty much created this genre that we make films in. So. If Honda, our agreement is that if Honda did it, we will cover it. An agreement we are referring to as the Honda Accord. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Pick it up for no down payment. <laughs> so, yeah, because, um, you know, he founded the genre and it, or like he founded the Godzilla, which I know, you know, oh, technically there were kaijus before this, but like. This was the genre this finding thing. Yeah. So yeah, we're talking about the 1963 film Atrigan. And um Is it Atrigan? Atrigon something? A T it's spelled I was pronouncing it Atrigon. Okay, maybe Atrigon sounds pretty cool. A T it's, it's I because I think it's like in the same way that whenever Japanese culture takes kind of concepts from the West, their words for it just kind of sound like sound very similar to it so atragon means dragon so is it like a dragon atragon yeah i'm trying to look up if it if it's a language and i don't see anything it might just be the name of it really like it might just be the name of the something and to think that my opening concept segment got cut which was Nolan designs his hinge profile live on air. <laughs> oh, no. No, we got to do that when we have a big enough audience where they can start requesting things. <laughs> <laughs> Pay $50 and Nolan will post that embarrassing photo with the marshmallow on his hinge profile. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's the name. The submarine's name is, is Atragon. Okay, it's not... It's not the Wow, the I thought we were at least getting by on the fact that the name refers to the monster. <laughs> no, remember the monster's name is, is Munda. Munda. Yeah. So Atragon is the name of the submarine. So No, you're thinking of Atragon's monster. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, so folks, um yeah, so Atragon is the name of the submarine in the movie. So um yeah, it's a 
1963. I think it's called like an adventure science fiction movie. It's not even called a kaiju movie on the page, which kind of makes sense. So I want to start with, um, you know, our general thoughts about Atragon um, that was made. And I can start by saying, I guess, you know, with the Honda Accord in mind, I think this is one of the most fun plots of the, like, Showa era. Yeah. Like, I really, I thought it was really fun um, and, like, kind of interesting, the paths they went down this movie, about, like, what we thought of originally was, uh-oh, this is going to be really pro, like, Japanese military, isn't it? Uh, but and it didn't, re- it, it subverted our expectations. Yeah, it, uh, it, uh, <laughs> it had themes, folks. Had themes. So, it was a whole interesting thing. Um, so I think I had a very fun time with this. Again, I think at a certain point we kind of just, okay, we're not going to really see that much monster fights. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, about a little over the halfway mark, I'm like, okay, we haven't seen Munda yet. Or, like, we have seen them, like, a bit of scale. We're, we're not getting a big old, like, too many fights in this. Yeah. And once we settled into that, that made sense. But I, if you're going into this expecting tons of kaiju fight action, you're not going to get it. Yeah. It's very much, um, old, there's, like, only one fight in the whole they movie. They hype Munda up, but then <laughs> he doesn't do much. And then he gets a bit of a cold shoulder. <laughs> ah! <laughs> hey, do you know what kid the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. So, um, yeah, that's the time. So I want to get into, um, so, yeah, I guess you enjoyed it, too? I did really enjoy this movie. Uh, sometimes I think against its will, but... <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> but I, it's very enjoyable. Some good, some intentionally, some not so intentionally. Yeah. Um, I, I'm getting a lot of... I felt a similar vibe that I did from Invasion of Astro Monster in a lot of ways. Okay. Like with uh, a yeah. more science fiction yeah. plot. I would kind of say if you, if you want a film that has like a goofy sci-fi plot... But actually has a good amount of monster stuff in it. You should watch Invasion of Master Monster. See, you know, weirdly enough, you know what movie I was getting vibes from? What? Tiptoes. Oh, wait, it'd be out by then. Yeah. Yeah. Every, the world knows of our fucking terrible tiptoes take. Yeah, the fact that we have a nuclear bad take <laughs> in that we love tiptoes unironically. <laughs> We, uh, <laughs> we just, as we went through, we just were like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Because, yeah. I don't know, like I said at the time, I don't know how much my brain is just poisoned by about 80% of the movies I'm watching being kaiju things. <laughs> no, I, I've been sitting on it, and I still really love Tiptoes. It, it's a good time. I want them to release the Big Toe Cut to this day. God. We gotta go with it, so. Speaking of cut-down movies... Oh, no, I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> we were speaking of cut-down movies, that's all. Okay, again, we were speaking of cut-down movies. So, um... I wasn't prompting anything. <laughs> yeah, so I think, uh... So it sounds like we had a good time with this. A lot of good energy in this movie. Um, the first, like, few cuts are crazy short. Like, I thought we, I thought we like, skipped forward a couple minutes when the movie started. Because mm-hmm. we got it from, uh... It's, it's free with ads on Vudu. And it's, side note, uh, Voodoo, fix your fucking app. (laughs) They don't have a search bar on their app. They don't, like, 
it was crazy to me. I, I opened up the Voodoo app, and there's like, oh, recommended movies and stuff. There's no search. I had to pull up my account on the computer, wishlist Atragon on the computer, and then pull up my wishlist on the app. It was crazy to me. Yeah. And there's a search on the website. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, what... I don't know if they spend more money on licensing or what, but, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, Jeez. It was, it was crazy. But, yeah, we saw it that way. Um, and, yeah, I think we had a good time with this. It's a pretty... What is it? 140? 130-something? It's not 135. a... 135. 135. It doesn't feel like a... I'm bringing it up this way. We'll get into it a little bit but later, but... I think the pacing of this movie there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie at least in comparison to other kind other honda-esque kaiju movie things where we were like 40 minutes in and we we're about at the amount of plot that most of the other kaiju movies we've seen yeah. have i was fully expecting uh that would be like we're in the final act we're gonna get a fight that's it yeah but it's like it's a very strong i was like structure. looking at like because the top build actor in the movie is the actor who plays General uh, Jungunji. Yeah, Jinguji. Jinguji. Yeah. Which I did think they were saying General Jenko Jeans the first time. Jenko Jeans. <laughs> General Jenko Jeans. Jenko Jeans. Uh, so. And he doesn't show up until <laughs> literally second. the halfway point. Yeah, around the second act. Yeah. And this has a pretty strong, like, one, two, three. Yeah. Where it's like, they're there, they're on the island, they're in the, yeah, they're in the, yeah. ooh, the place. Moo. They're in Moo. So, yeah, um, that sounds fun. So, I think we had a good time with this, um... I guess I can start getting into what that monster do for Munda. Yeah, we don't have much of a section for this, no. but let's go forward <laughs> anyways. Munda's a new monster, and we will give them respect. <laughs> As your step kaiju, <laughs> you will show me some respect in this household. He's got little hands. He's got little hands. So little, Munda is... Like a little kitten. Yeah. So Munda is very clearly inspired by, like, Chinese dragons. Um, you know, the Chinese design of, like, a long serpentine creature with, like, little arms. I don't think... I don't think Munda had legs. I didn't see any. But they have, like, you know, thin stick arms. And, you know, Munda... They're a green-scaled dragon. And... I, do they shoot breath? I don't think I ever see them shoot breath, like like a like electric. No, they don't. They, they just, just like attack. try and strangle stuff. Yeah, they they act like a boa constrictor, where it's like at a certain point in the movie, in the finale, like you know, Munda's there a lot. Like you see, like you don't see Munda, but they talk about oh, our god, Munda. You know, we have our god, and we're gonna take him out. Like we're gonna use him to conquer the surface, and he comes out. And Munda is he's a pretty you know he's a pretty fun design. I wish we'd seen him more. Um, he only shows up like twice, and his whole yeah he doesn't have any like breath attack or anything. His whole thing is he just wraps around the submarine, and tries to squeeze it out. He's a puppet. He's one of the few kaiju's uh, in the show era that are not uh, like Mothra. That uh, I think Nolan, you mentioned that earlier, uh, or you mentioned that before we recorded. That it's like Mothra and Munda are not you know there's no people in them. They're just like big puppets. And I think Munda was more of like a string puppet with like a long like, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised he was animated mostly just some couple sticks <laughs> with how he was moved. But um, 
Yeah, he's a very small thing in this movie, and he gets taken out pretty quickly. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to attack you, and they freeze him. He freezes him up pretty quick. <laughs> so, that... I think that's... I want to yeah. make sure I'm not missing any fun IMDb uh, trivia stuff. Yeah, he was like a marionette-type puppet, it looked like, probably. Like, that was my assumption. They had strings above that they were, like, using for him. Yeah. What was interesting is, um, I guess they decided to give the the effects director they decided to give Manda Manda like a more of a dragon appearance because 1964 was going to be the year of the dragon. Ah. So like, I guess they would have just gone with a completely different design if it wasn't for that. Imagine but, um, a giant sea rat. <laughs> You're the rat, baby. That'd be pretty <laughs> sick. I, I would. I would have. Pref- that would have been really interesting. <laughs> okay, but looking at the, because you're the dragon. That's a Chinese New Year thing, right? I think. So. Yeah. Like they don't have a separate one for for Japanese culture, do they? I don't. I don't think so. If so, okay. and we're just being very ignorant uh, gringos when it comes to Japanese culture, uh, then uh, you know, reach out and tell us that. No, I do I, want I to think... see what the options are for, like, look up the Chinese Zodiac uh, things. I want to see what we could have ended up with. Okay, so there's images. Okay, so. Okay. We're coming at, we could have been a rooster. A water rooster? Yeah. That would pretty cool. That would pretty sick. Fucking hey hey from Moana ass looking bitch. Just with just big flippers. Uh, could have been a dog. Could have been a water dog. Could have been... A pig. A water pig. Could have been a really cool water pig. Water rat is an actual thing. A water that's, rat? Really? Yeah, that's like what the one of the main characters from uh, Wind in the Willows is. A water rat. Hmm. So, ox! Oh my god! An ox? A water ox? I, I think that is, water ox is also an oh, actual thing. I know water buffalo is a Water buffalo. But, like, we're no, talking about the same a thing. literal thing that, like, lives in the water and, like, an aquatic ox. <laughs> okay. So, what we're saying is, that, folks, is that, um... Is that we it was could the have had a horse. Year. We could have had a water horse. <laughs> we could have had a seahorse. <laughs> <laughs> we could have had a seahorse. And, and uh, Manda... If we'd been one year off, well, Snake wouldn't have been that different. But we no. could have had a rabbit! <laughs> Ooh, it's a water rabbit. So we're saying is that we're very disappointed that it came out in 1960. Uh, you know, it, the year was 1964 it was going to come out into versus other things. Very disappointing. <laughs> well, it came out in 1963, technically. Yeah, I think so. They ro- we could have had the rabbit. We could have. If they'd had. been correct, <laughs> we would have had a rabbit. In my head canon, Manda is a rabbit. It's just a weird looking rabbit, actually. It's a really, really weird rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think that's a bit for about for uh, what that monster do. There's not. Manda, I think it's Manda, I guess, actually. Manda has, like, two minutes of screen time. Yeah. Like, less than any other kaiju we've covered on this. Yeah. For, like, the main kaiju. So, I think that's for what that monster do. (laughs) I guess, you know, Tiptoe's kaiju was a little more prominent. And it might not have been a visible, tangible thing. 
But the kaiju of bigotry could always be felt. <laughs> is that a running thing? Is that the ki- the kaiju of social installutions? Installutions? Social installutions? <laughs> so- <laughs> I think it's a new word. Um, yeah. <laughs> social powers. It's only about is uh, the running theme of social powers being the strongest kaijus of all. Oh my god. So, um... (laughs) Listen to our Tiptoes episode if you haven't, folks. I haven't edited it yet, but it's sure to be a memorable one. It is. Five hours Tiptoe episode! (laughs) (laughs) If you send us a a question on on our email, we may just do that. Um... Every every frame of painting tiptoes. <laughs> every tip a toe. <laughs> now we talk about other things, I believe. Yeah, I think it's about. Um, is it time to break the story? Break, down? I think it's time to break down the story now because the story is like one of the bigger parts of this. So what that story do? We don't have a name for the story section. Just, hey, it's the plot. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's a. Yo, the plot is like my cake after all these squats I'm doing daily to get rid of my Hank Hill ass. Mm. It thickens. <laughs> there you go. The plot thickens. The movie starts with a uh, what we only assume are sleazy magazine people. Yeah, sleazy. they're they're. How do these guys even get? <laughs> How do they get wrapped up into the main plot? I guess they see it, but they're, they're like, they're porno uh, photographers? Yeah. Not for like a hardcore thing, but for like a Maxim magazine, kind of, that porn your dad keeps in the bathroom so that mom won't get mad about <laughs> seeing it because it's not hardcore. And you can be like... It's a it's a men's magazine. It's for the health tips. Okay, Deborah. <laughs> it's for that only. And the cover is yeah. like a half naked woman. Yeah. But um and so then the, the contents beyond the cover are also mostly half naked <laughs> women. Yep. So we went into um so they're taking pictures of this model and all of a sudden a spaceman shows up. <laughs> And this is exactly how it happens. There's no lead-in. Yeah. It's just like a spaceman just like comes out like a guy and looks like a, like a space scuba diving, like shiny aluminum suit. It's just walking out of the water. And then all of a sudden like a cab just smashes into the water. And everyone goes, oh my god, what was that? And then like it cuts to the next day. Yeah, and the next day the cops are around. They're explaining it. That a guy who was in there was a high profile was a high-profile uh, military personnel. Yes. And his his dri- and his driver had been attacked and the car stolen from him. And the pornographers, as the lead as the <laughs> as the lead witnesses, uh, are being questioned, and no one believes them about the steaming scuba diver. They have photos of this. Yeah. They have ah, proof. It, they, they, you can, photo, fo, they didn't say Photoshop. No, Photoshop wasn't a word You yet. can fake them. Yeah, you can fake those photos nowadays. Yeah. Let me tell you about what I see on the Facebook. <laughs> so, yeah, they're not believed. 
So they go, we gotta find... During the course of this, the photographers do snap... The, the pornographers do snap photos of a pretty woman getting into a car with a, with a sea admiral. Yeah, with a sea admiral. And they're... So keep in mind, in the plot, they go, oh, we have to find her. Not because, oh, there's like something specifically plot related. More like... We can talk her into doing some pornography for us. <laughs> Auga! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they go, we gotta find her. She's a beautiful woman. Woohoo! Yeah. So, like, they track her down. And, like, that's when we start following her. And she, like, you know, her and the Admiral become, like, the main characters after that yes. point. Where it's, like, you follow them. Like, interesting lead into them. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're, they're like, tracking down in the car. They're, like, chasing after him. Like, you know, like, stalking them. I'd say not chasing. Yeah, and the Admiral is a friend of her father's who... Yeah. Who has been watching over her since her father went missing at a young age. Yeah, he went missing you know, he went missing um when she was just three years old. It was the day he was like a an ad like sea captain with a submarine. And he he left with his crew the day before Japan surrendered in World War Two. Yeah. So the day before he surrendered they were out and then he's been missing since. Yeah. So he everyone thinks he's dead but they don't say it and at this point the admiral admiral kasumi i believe is is his name correct i think so so admiral kasumi uh and this young woman have a conversation about patriotism where she's like i'm not in favor of it and he's like in my day when i was serving in the military we believed in this country damn it yeah, it was like, oh, we used to have pride in our navy and our country. And for a second, I, we were like, uh-oh. And now you're trying to tell me Godzilla's taking a knee before rumbling in Tokyo? <laughs> what? That's not my Godzilla. <laughs> I refuse to watch the monster fights now. <laughs> I refuse. Okay, I'll still watch the monster fights. But I'll tell everyone I refuse <laughs> to watch the monster vibes. How dare they? And I hear that Toyota sponsoring him. I'll burn my Toyota down. <laughs> and get a Honda Accord. <laughs> so. So, yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, the the Admiral dead. and the Admiral and her get... Kidnapped by our old friend Dr. Sirazawa back in it again. Yep, as in, Agent 23. Yes, Agent 23. And the pornographers who were trying to kidnap her themselves mm. to film pornography. And they go, hey, you got here. Hey, we saw it first. <laughs> and, oh, the one guy, he, like, brought a weapon. It's like a wrench. And, and he's, like, really sheepish when everyone <laughs> else notices it and, like, hide, like... They were literally going to like they mentioned knock her out her. and kidnap her. <laughs> like that that's something they were bringing up. But yeah, so then they so Agent 23 was about to kidnap them, but the pornographers throw a wrench in his plan. Haha. Ha. Uh and then Well, they give him the wrench and he melts it and he's like, yeah. "I have special energy. Power. I have special, special energy. energy." And at that moment I was like, we're gonna have a good time. Yeah. And <laughs> that then, was that was when it happened. I was like, they yes. All, they all struggle around. The admiral gets the gun, <laughs> and Agent Twenty Three is like bested again. 
I'll see you next time. And he, like, jumps into the ocean. Yeah. Because we see a few of their submarines come up. Yeah. And they were, like, and they're, they, I think he, I don't know if he brings up yet. No, we see that later because there's a tape that he gets. Yeah. And they, they have a tape and they're, like, oh, what's this? And it just says, like, moo. Yeah, moo on it. Yeah. And they open it up and they play the tape. Like, what's this tape? And it's, like, a big thing being, like, we are the nation... Of Moo? And this is where it becomes... Yeah, Moo. Where it becomes thematically interesting. Because Moo is an empire. Mm. An empire of the sun, some might say? Thematically wants to... That wants to dominate the world because of their... Genetic superiority. Mm, and their and their quote advanced military. Yes. And so they say, but hey, you got one little stinker up there that's making a weapon to try and stop us. Uh and pro- general Jenko Jeans. Jenko Jeans. General Jinguji. Jinguji. Yeah, General Gunju General Jinguji. Jinguji. Uh, so General Jinguji. The general. <laughs> and he's... Uh, so the general is going to... Basically, the, uh, the nation of Mu, the empire of Mu, say, this general, we want you... You know, he's got to stop building this submarine. We'll do, we can do this peacefully or not. And if the general doesn't stop building the submarine... Not, I guess. <laughs> if he if he doesn't. Oh, we for, we we skipped over the best scene, right? After. Oh, the, yeah, yep. So so they, listen, folks, after the after that beach scene, what they a smash cut to an awesome. Okay, okay. so yes, put this up. Wait. Uh, Agent 23 was threatening them with a gun. Yeah, we mentioned the gun. Yeah, with a gun, and, and he that failed. The, and, that the ad, and that Admiral Kasumi got got, got the gun and, and shot at him, but he got away in the water. Yeah. And the next shot... It's a smash cut to a Japanese police officer who they've told their story to, looking at the gun, like... Like, looking around it, hmm, and, and then, then looking down the barrel. Right in the barrel. For, like, a, 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 a pause. <laughs> it's not quick. He shows her, hmm, and then looks away. And I think it's one of the hardest laughs we've gotten out of any of these movies. Because <laughs> it was like, what the? He's just looking, hmm. No. <laughs> it, it was not like, a, today. Not today. <laughs> Not until my kids graduate. <laughs> no. Like, oh my god. But, um... <laughs> so that happens. Yeah, god. But, so yeah, so then, yeah, they get that video, and it's saying, to get, we can do this the easy way or the hard way, get rid of Jinguji, uh, and... And then, everyone's pressing the Admiral on, you know where Jinguji is. Tell us. And he's like, I don't. He disobeyed orders. That's it. Yeah. yeah that's that's all, all he says. He goes, he disobeyed orders, that's it. So, like, we never hear about what he disobeyed. Like, we we never hear what his orders that he disobeyed were. Yeah. Um, Two theories. Two theories about what he disobeyed. Are they war crimes? Are your theories war crimes? Not specifically. 
My two theories are that A, he um, he actually because he said he left the day before the war ended. Yeah. So my theory, I have two theories. One is that A, he left and that was disobeying the orders because he was supposed to stay here. Or two, after the war was over, the general, like the yeah. the sergeant guy, asked him to come home and he didn't. Yeah. It's either of those two. We don't get an actual answer about that, but it has to be one of those two. So he, he says, you disobeyed orders. Bye. And that was all you hear about it. But then all of a sudden they find, um, they capture what they think is a secret agent. And the interesting enough, this whole time there's like this sleazy reporter guy. Yeah. With what looks like a fake beard, but I guess is a real one because he doesn't take it off. Yeah. Is um he's wearing big sunglasses. He's like I'm, I'm investigating for my report. Mm. But he's like he's real sleazy. Yeah. He's a real sleazy guy. Real sleaze ball. Yeah. Real Evan sleaze bag. I know <laughs> the death stick dealer from <laughs> Attack of the Clones. Exactly. So he's doing. So he, I just want to mention he's around because he comes back in later. And they find what they think is a secret agent, or sorry, a secret agent of the Mu Empire. But it's actually, it's just enough, they actually brought this up, is, oh, they're, the woman, uh, the general's daughter says, oh, there's been this guy stalking me. And we thought he, she talked about the pornographers, but no, it was this guy. And he's like, oh, I've been hunting you, you've been, you know, I've been keeping an eye on you and stuff. And he's in the jail cell. And like, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm not an agent of the Mu Empire. Like, I'm a soldier like, I'm one of the soldiers of your father. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what's up? And they have to, like, track him. They're like, he helps them track him down, but he doesn't want to give the address. So, he, like, he, you know, he shows them where he is, but doesn't tell them because, you know, loopholes. Yeah. But, um. Loopholes. Loopholes. Loophole. I'm trying to remember. Isn't it around this point where the newspapers come about how Venice is destroyed? Yeah. <laughs> Venice is destroyed in this movie. Hong Kong, gone. Gone. Venice, bye-bye. Kaboom. Like, like the Empire of Mu is actively attacking the world right now. Yeah. So they go to the they go to this abandoned island with the where they find her father. And they realize that he's been building this super powerful submarine called the Atrigon. The Atrigon. And he has a super cool, powerful submarine he's been building. And he's been just sitting out there with his his crew for twenty like nearly twenty years. Yeah. Like and they're all still wearing World War II like Japanese like uniforms. And I don't know if this was a direct inspiration or not, but I do know that there were a lot of stories about that happening. Yeah. Where there were there was like Japanese soldiers who because you know, Japan Japan has and especially in like Indonesia, that area, there's so many islands like tiny little unoccupied islands, that there were Japanese soldiers who just did not hear the war. It ended for decades. So I don't know if that was one of the inspirations for this, but I have to think it could have been. Yeah, I think it was. Because, like, we'll get into the general's character, but it, it definitely does sound a lot like that. So, um, yes, yeah, so they, the, they get to the island, and they're like, oh, it's rich with resources and everything. And they finally meet her father, and her father, like, doesn't even really acknowledge her. No, he's not interested. He's just like, huh, guess you're there. Cool. Anyways, about how I want to, about my cool submarine, which is where, uh, Nolan, you're a little, 
cooler with the words here. I want you to describe the interaction that the the two of the old guys have. Okay. Because he has an unintentionally uh, really a uh, line that really goes fucking hard. <laughs> the the general guy. Yeah. So it's like we're gonna win this war finally, and he's talking about World War Two. He's like. The war is over. The world has yeah. changed. Then we'll change it again. He's like, my submarine will change it again. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that goes hard. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that fascist really got us pumped up. <laughs> like, <laughs> not in that way, but just like, oh my god, that is like terrible, like in the terrible I, way. Listen, I find Japanese media that reckons with their complicated feelings about World War II very interesting. And, like, this directly does that. Where, like, you think, like, oh, he's directly gonna help them, but we're at the second act, and they have to convince the general that this summary needs to be used against the greater, like, enemy of the the Mu Empire. And, like, someone refers to him as a ghost in armor. Yeah, they're like, you're a ghost in armor, or I think it's you're a ghost in rusted armor. Yeah. Is, I think, what they described him as. Yeah. Because they're like, you know, you're, this conflict is over, like, we need to put this aside because they're the bigger threat. Yeah, and we mentioned the sub flies, right? It's a flying <laughs> submarine! We see it, I think it's, I think we see a test run of it before yeah. this. Where you see it flies, it has like a big drill in the front, yeah. it has like saws on the side. Yeah. Like, it's specially built for like digging, too. But yeah. And it has like a, like an ice beam. That can shoot out the front. So. But yeah, it's at this yeah. point that Evan Slee's Bagano. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You realize he. Yeah. Ste- well, we we realized at this point that he is a double agent. He steals uh, the he steals uh, the Jingen Gino's uh, daughter and and uh, her lover. Uh, oh yeah, he steals them and he's like, oh, we're gonna take you away and. And that's where we meet Munda. That's where we do meet Munda. Because Munda is there and like, having a good oh. time uh, being just a pit monster. Yeah, he's just hanging out in the pit. They're, They're like, also check. two random this. prisoners that we have no explanation <laughs> for who are there. Yeah. <laughs> They're just kind of there. They're like, oh, I was just taking a fishing rod. Shit. Yeah. I was just trying to catch some fish, dude. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Oh, and we meet the Empress of Mu, uh, who oh yeah, who is a real alt rock. Listens to Phoebe Bridgers type. <laughs> you said that because she has red hair, <laughs> orange hair, orange hair. Okay, I color. I'm colorblind with orange and reds, but yeah. <laughs> so that's happening, and she gets kidnapped, and the the double agent guy goes, "Well, you're. It's best I get you off the island, anyways, because I'm gonna explode it." And as it's happening, like, the whole... Because the submarine's underground in the lair. Because, you know, it can fly out. All the, like, rumbling, like, all the f- rumble, earthquake. Because they say that, um... Uh, the Umpire Moon goes, oh, we're, we are specifically doing this earthquake. It's not a natural disaster. We're doing this earthquake. Like, the submarine's collapsed in. But thankfully, um... Everyone was in the submarine who, who matters in the movie. Yeah. Who isn't already in the Empire of Mu. And I think that's where the general gets convinced. Is that, like, okay, like, you know, 
he has a character arc. Whoa! Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I need to, you know, for my daughter, because he does care about his daughter, he doesn't know how I say it. It's like, I will take, I, don't, I will use my submarine and I will vanquish the, you know, these evil guys. And Admiral Kasumi asks him, but what about your plans? I was just a ghost in rusted armor. Oh, oh it comes my, back! Oh my god, your writing is so tight. <laughs> <laughs> Unironically, yes. <laughs> no, for real though, like, with so many of these kaiju, you know, I enjoy a lot of these movies, but I'm just going to say that that is a breath of fresh air to have that it happen. It is. Where it's like, oh my god. Like, there's like, cut, like, things come back into play, there's this stuff. You know, there's obviously more of this in the later kaiju movies, like the Heizai era and such. But it's just, it's good to see that in these in these older movies, too. But yeah, so then, uh, the prisoners escape, uh, and get back with the princess as a hostage. Yeah. And they, she releases the Munda on the way out. Uh, or, not princess, empress. Uh, oh, yeah. Give her respect. She's higher on the totem pole. She's the empress. Oh, which does make it literally an empire. Ah. It does. So my thematic theory that Mu represents a Japan as it wanted to be during the war. Uh, there it is. It, it con it's consistent. It uh, is. Yeah, so anyways, so she releases the Munda. Uh, she like, she's oh my like, god. She gets captured by the... Um, yeah. We gotta describe the first. She gets captured by the the yeah. team because there's like a team of the you know the general's men who come in with like like ice rifles that like freeze things. It turns them into a matte painting. It's pretty cool. And um, she gets captured and she like leans against a wall and there's like a button. Yeah. And we said it's the Munda button. <laughs> Everyone's got one. Everyone's got a Munda button. Munda Monday. <laughs> Munda Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate Monday Mondays. <laughs> no, it's one guy. The guy who has to rebuild the wall every Monday is like, ah, it's my least favorite day of the week. Everyone else is like, Monday Mondays. <laughs> boy, I'm like, oh, Monday Mondays. Yeah. God damn. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get this fucking thing back in the crate? Every time you complain, we press it again. Monday Mondays. <laughs> Damn it. So, uh, Munda gets released. Or Manda. I, it's, I think it's M.A. They say Munda in movie. Because okay, it's we'll call Moo, it the monster of Moo. Moo. Munda. Munda, okay. So, Munda gets released, and... It has an, an incredible 15-minute fight scene, right? Nah. It, like, <laughs> tries to strangle the uh, the, sub the the Atragon submarine, but they turn on a little electricity, and then they freeze it to death with a spray. Instantly. Yeah. It's like a minute and a half. <laughs> then it's they like, drill into the center of the city after, after retrieving the prisoners, uh, and... At the heart of it, they destroy the city, killing the entire population. And the the Empress, uh, in a suicidal fit, uh, throws herself off the boat and starts 
swimming. She does. We don't actually see her die. We see her start swimming towards her sudden, towards what will be her death, towards the exploding pile of city. Oh, and, oh, and there's uh, we gotta mention effects wise the shot of the city collapsing in itself. Yeah. So fucking good. It's really good. It's like the whole like you know there's you know they work on sets for things. It looks like they just they blew up the entire ground. <laughs> Of the of like the set that we saw earlier of like the fun miniatures of like yeah. the nation the empire of Mu and it just like collapses in and on itself. It's one of the, I think it's probably the best effect in the movie. Yeah. It's like oh my god, I loved it. So that happens and then we're that's the end is seeing her yeah. splash towards her death. Yeah. Yay, the end. Um, Monday Mondays. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> So, so I'm interested in how big, do, I think, I think, okay, okay, I have a prediction for Destroy All Monsters, because Destroy All Monsters is episode 50, folks, get hype. So at this point, you just gotta randomly cut in a, uh, cut in somewhere a, uh, a what? A commercial break. I don't think this, I think we could probably just not even need a commercial break. Okay. Like, it's pretty short. Um, if, if I, as long as you don't interrupt any of my thoughts. <laughs> That'd be a pretty funny place to put it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um Alright. I wanna bring up uh so Destroyer Monsters episode fifty, folks. Really get excited about that. Episode forty nine will be a fun little little thing we're gonna be doing before that to prep for Destroyer Monsters. Yeah. I am predicting right now. Quote me on this. Manda will have two scenes in Destroy All Monsters. He will be in two scenes. You think two? Yeah. Wow, you are overblowing how much <laughs> I think Manda's gonna be in this movie. Okay. I think we just did a lot of work for what's going to be a visual cameo <laughs> for like three seconds in the film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which do you think is more likely, Brandon? It'd be real okay, for the fact that it'd be really funny if Manda sh is in more of Destroy All Monsters than his own movie. <laughs> Just for that fact, I want it to be true. I want okay. it to be true. Alright. If, <laughs> if, yes. So uh, that is my prediction, yeah. and that is your prediction, so we will see where that goes. But, um... So out of that, uh, that's the whole movie. It's a pretty, yes, enjoyable watch. These are my favorite kinds of these kaiju movies. Yes. Like big sci-fi things. Like Loved Me um, back when it was Megalon. Yeah, the, the bug one, the beetle uh, one. Yeah. When it was the underground city. Like I love those ones where it's like weird high concept stuff compared to, hmm, we got to figure out what's up with this monster the whole time. I like, like, the weird out-there stuff, like the zillions. I, I prefer when, I don't know, I like when it feels really, I don't know what, how to say what I like, because I think, for me, Obira is the platonic ideal of a kaiju film. This didn't quite reach it, because I think it, I do agree that I like plots where the characters actually matter. Can be a little goofy and fun with like some insane world building, but yeah. I do need the kaiju to matter a little more. And okay. like, the, I don't think they should take front stage. 
Uh, but I do like what Abira does, in which they are giant, important plot mm -hmm. devices that okay. actually, you know, yeah. do affect the plot. Yeah, I would say I think Abira is a good deal better than this one, of course. Yes. So maybe it's our perfect kind of kaiju film for these are just they go to some other place where there's just this batshit crazy thing going on. Yeah. And the kaiju is involved in that in some way. Okay. Like, cause in, cause in Abira, they go to an island where it's like a fucking like little fascist regime yeah. where they're mining Mountain Dew straight out of the yeah. ground. Like, <laughs> like with that stuff, it's like, yeah, like I just want the more out there stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that far in, I think we can kind of pick out more of our tastes uh, about that. So now yeah. it's time to pitch. To pitch. Uh, Make it gritty. gritty. We're gonna see how would you incorporate Munda into the legendary films? Okay, <clears throat> so so we cut to a shot of this is in the calling it right now. It's in the Apple Plus mini. It's in the Apple Plus series. It, okay. That's just a series, right? Not a mini series. Like it's yeah. just a show. Yeah, it's gonna be a show. We're gonna watch it, folks, when it comes out. But I my expectations are bottom barrel, bottom of the barrel on that one. But um, in the in the intro of that show, there's just gonna be they're talking and they're walking through ice and there's just Manda in the ice, <laughs> and that's it. That's all you see of him. Okay. <laughs> he never comes back. <laughs> all right. I actually have a more serious pitch. Okay. This is a reverse. I like it. Go yeah. for it. So, I think because the legendary films are about America mm. in the way that the Toho films are about Japan. Yeah. I would want it to be a colonel who went a little mad at the pullout from Afghanistan. Oh, okay. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say Vietnam. And disappeared somewhere oh. into the desert. Okay. And let's say, let's, who am I going to have the colonel played by? Uh, let's say Clooney. Let's say George Clooney. Right, right. He hasn't done a lot of these films yet. Yeah. And he went a little crazy. Uh about the idea of pulling out of Afghanistan and he went rogue and disappeared and mm. we're and so now we are it's reckoning thematically a lot with our history of colonialism instead this guy knows some stuff and we can decide what uh mm. that'll help out Milford Roberta Brown in her studies of Godzilla cuz he he was working, he's worked with, he was working on the Muto project. We'll okay. Say. That's what it is. He was, he was working on the Muto project. Godzilla's Muto. sick. That's what we'll say. Okay. I'm putting it, so Godzilla is sick yeah. with a disease, and she finds in the files for the Muto project, there's a way to save Godzilla, and this guy knows it. So she has to journey out into the desert and find him, and eventually... She does, uh, and she's and he's like, "What are you doing out here?" And she explains. He's like, "None of that matters. I found something much worse. There's a civilization <laughs> under the ground here, and they're looking to destroy us." Mm -hmm. And she's and he's like, and he's like, "I caught their queen," and she's like, and like there's this woman uh, tied up like. In the, this cave he's been camping out at with, like, his little detachment of soldiers. Well, you're here already. Let's interrogate her. And so they 
And so they're interrogating this woman, and it's a very creepy scene. Maybe she's played by Bjork. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but, like, uh, yeah, because, yeah, she's played by Bjork. We're going to keep this, this a white civilization. Uh, okay. to, to keep the mirroring and also to not be problematic, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah to to obscure the metaphor just to, just one layer. And she's like, "Oh, you don't know what you've done. You've unleashed something horrible." Do you know what day of the week it is? <laughs> and he's like, "It's been so long since I've keep, seen a calendar." Do you kid? And Milford Berg goes, "It's Monday, right?" <laughs> And this woman pulls out a <laughs> button, and she presses it, and she goes, Monday, Mondays! <laughs> you have Pull, 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 pull! Explosions everywhere! <laughs> Munda rises from the sand, flies into the sky, and that's the first half of the movie. That's, I don't know how the second half goes yet, but that's the first half. <laughs> You had me in the first half. <laughs> and then I was like, mm, when when's this other hat when's this other shoe gonna drop? Because <laughs> I didn't realize when I was thinking about it that um it feels a bit apocalypse now. <laughs> it did. I realized that as I was saying it, th this, this does feel a bit like I'm pitching Apocalypse now, right But now. with kaijus, <laughs> which makes it better. <laughs> which is crazy, because Kong Skull Island is already Apocalypse now, but with kaiju. Yeah, I guess less of the theme about, like, the guy left behind. But it does, yeah. like, that one aesthetically was very... Oh, very. Uh, was very uh, upfront about the fact that they were very inspired by Apocalypse now. Yeah. Like, I think they even had a Kong Skull Island poster that was the that, same the style. style as Apocalypse Now. Yeah, it's cool. But yeah, so... But, yeah, I think... I guess a little bit of this movie feels like that, specifically with the general. Yeah. About, like, how, like, he kind of was, you know, left behind and stuff. I did... I have seen Apocalypse Now, folks. I have seen it. Yeah. Very good movie. We do watch real movies sometimes. We do watch real ones sometimes. I watched Dr. Zhivago yesterday, okay? We watch real things. I watched the first the first 30 seconds of Drive My Car and then said, mm, maybe later, and then watched that long Victorious video. Oh, you need to watch Drive My Car. It's I'm so going good. to at some it's point. So I have to be mentally ready for it. <laughs> Nightmare Alley is also really amazing, and it's on HBO Max. Oh, I wanted to see that in theaters, and then my leg broke. <laughs> It was, I was gonna, I was like, I was gonna about to talk to my girlfriend about it, and then, boom. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, that's, that's about it, I guess, then. Wow. This is a, this is a quick-paced episode. I like it. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's the, it'll be this around the same length that our episodes usually are. Yeah. Like 50 to an hour, to like an hour 10 is our yeah. usual length. Which, and, I think it's a good length. Yeah. So, I think, uh, it's about time to... Close us out here, I guess. What but are we doing next week, Brandon? We're doing, ooh, next week we are covering, I don't think we've, okay, interesting, interesting. So, folks, uh, by, um, the, by the time you've seen this, um, you know, we record this a few weeks in advance, but our next episode is going to be on Attack on Titan Season 4 Part 3. So, concluding... Um, the yeah, we're gonna season four. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get to the end of the show. Yay! The show and has nothing hurt. else after that. Nothing, 
Nothing happens after that. It's going to all conclude in the show because that's what a TV show should do. And like calling it the final season twice in your marketing twice <laughs> and then not, uh, you know, not concluding the storyline within the show would be a really shitty move, I think. So they're not going to do like a movie afterwards, clearly. Yeah, I. I think at this point, folks, it's pretty apparent that we're either going to... That show, Attack on Titan is either going to get a movie or, like, a mini-season to finish the show. I don't know which one they're going to go down, because there might be... Depending on where we end, there might be a little too much for a movie. We'll see. But I'm excited to see where that goes. A lot of my favorite things have already happened in the show, but there's still a couple more to go that I think will be fantastic to see animated. Like... T terrible, but, like, really, oh my god, to see animated. Uh, specifically, I think the final episode's gonna be fucking one of the Does most Zeke disturbing... Does finally hang <gasps> Is that what it is? No spoilers, no spoilers! <laughs> That's, uh, weirdly enough, that was the final frame of the entire <laughs> manga. It's just <laughs> Zeke's dong just there. Yeah, but I think, um... <laughs> I think the final episode of the season, where things are lining up, is going to be one of the most, oh my god, episodes I've seen in a show in a while. Or just like, just the pure horror of it all. Okay. Uh, it's going to be fucking really disturbing. <laughs> but, looking forward to that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're going to cover that, the rest of the, sh uh, the final season part two, next week. And um, after that, we're getting pretty close to episode 50. So, we're starting to kick off the rest of that stuff to catch up to that. But, um, yeah, so that's it, folks. Uh, you can follow us on our Twitter, at PodzillaKOTC. Um, you can send us questions to our email, uh, which is kingofthecasters, all lowercase, at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter. We post uh, updates, episode things, all that fun stuff. Little um, episode teasers. Special thanks to Dahlia Hamilton for our theme music. The last time we mentioned Dahlia's, uh, Dahlia and her brilliant theme music was on an episode we didn't actually use the theme music for. The King Kong <laughs> episode. Yeah, so we wanted to thank, thank her again for that wonderful thing. Yeah. We, we really appreciate it. It's been great. So that's about it, folks. So, um, yeah, follow us on Spotify, Podbean, wherever. Are we on... I don't know why I said Podbean. A what the fuck is Podbean? A pod oh my god, a podcast I listen to a lot is on Podbean. And that's why I just said that. But, um, okay. Apple Podcasts. We're pretty much every po major podcatcher. Yeah, any of the main ones. Because we have, like, a like a link thing we can, like, it sends yeah, it out to. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. All the big ones. So take a yeah. follow to us. We upload every week, Friday at noon. So we'll see you next week for some Attack on Titan. I think that'll be a longer one, but we'll see. Yeah, probably. So, Those are always long episodes. There's lots of fun stuff to talk about. Yep. So we'll see you then. Yeah.